You're listening to a Frequency Podcast Network production in association with City News. It doesn't seem to matter if your customers are bargain hunting. The target venture into Canada was dead on arrival. The big U.S. retailer announced today it is shuttering its Canadian stores, 133 of them, and throwing in the towel and throwing 17,000 people out of work. Or if they're chasing the designer dream. High-end American retailer Nordstrom is closing up shop here in Canada, shuttering 13 stores across the country, including six locations in the GTA. If you are an American retail chain coming to Canada, basically, you better be Walmart or you're going broke. Eight years after Target's failed Canadian experiment, Nordstrom is packing up and going home, having never turned a profit in Canada during its nine years in operation. Now, Nordstrom is, generally, a very profitable retailer. Target is Target. It makes billions of dollars every year in the United States, but neither of them could hack it in Canada. Why is that? Is it them or is it us? Is it the retail climate in general? Why does Walmart succeed here when everybody else fails? I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. This is The Big Story. Gary Newbury is an award-winning retail supply chain expert. He's the strategic advisor and delivery executive with Retail Aid. He focuses on rapid transformation of disrupted retail supply chains and last-mile performance. Hello, Gary. Hi there. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. I want to start by asking you, were you surprised when you heard a couple of weeks ago that Nordstrom was closing, leaving Canada? I, I would have been if I hadn't got the inside track. I, I was given the heads up that something was about to emerge. But with these kind of rumors, they they sometimes don't materialize. So I was pleasantly surprised from the fact that the the feed of that that, that, uh, information actually turned out to be true, but nonetheless quite disappointed in some ways that uh, Nordstrom made that uh, declaration. Well, how long has the company been in Canada? And you know, how have they done since they arrived here? What do we know about, you know, their success or non-success? Well, um, Nordstrom saw Canada as a, a great new market for them probably about 2011 internally, and they started to disclose their intention in 2012. They've been around here for 10, 11 years, and they've never actually made any money in Canada. How how can that happen? Never made any money. It, it's shocking, really, that a company can uh, last that long. But it's, it's because, I think, a whole range of factors. As they were developing their plan to come, to, you know, internally, uh, how they were thinking about Canada, back at that stage, uh, the Canadian dollar and the US dollar were at parity, but may have made the business case much more easier to absorb, right. of course, uh, a few years later, that, that actually slipped back to its normal pattern of, you know, about uh, one Canadian dollar buys about 70 cents of US. And that changes the whole dynamic about how much products cost uh, when, they're, when they're brought into Canada. Mm-hmm. The other one was 
if, if we think about the Nordstrom business, the US part of it, where it's where it's managed from, uh, they've had a number of leadership challenges over over that same period that uh, different family members have been kind of jockeying for position. And also they had a sort of go private and then go back public going on behind the scenes as well. So I think that they were a distracted management team or leadership team during the last decade. And therefore, Canada if it wasn't making too much money, if it was making a small loss, maybe in the overall scale of things compared to some of the issues they may have been facing south of the border uh, was really, why should we spend too much time on that? I'm sure that the management team are working on it. They're going to turn the corner. It's going to be fine. Don't worry. Let's focus on what we've got uh, right in front of our noses. Hmm. Uh, another aspect would be that People from Canada used to cross the border and go and shop at Nordstrom and were absolutely overwhelmed by uh, what they saw and the, the service level, the, the, the brands on the shelf as such. You know, people talking to people in stores, where are you from? Canada. We love this store. You know, please come to Canada, much the same as people were saying about Target. So they saw Target moving and they took that perhaps as a good signal that they ought to move as well. You know, this is an open market. Let, let's go. No sooner they established themselves here with opening in 2014, they would have seen Target struggling pretty quickly and then closing shop. Right. But that wasn't enough of a signal for them to say if something as well run as Target in a similar format but much more modern is struggled in this territory, what makes us think that we're going to survive there? Mm-hmm. So rather than asking themselves that question, they just carried on scaling their propositions. They opened up more stores. And having three of these very high-end stores focused in Toronto was probably the root cause of why, over the last 10 years, they haven't actually moved a needle on profitability. Why don't those stores work here the way they do work across the border, though? Because that's my main question. And and I knew a lot of people, less so maybe for Nordstrom, but a lot of people uh, for Target who were incredibly excited to see these stores come here um, because they used to border hop and shop there. So let's tackle that first, maybe. Like, what doesn't translate? Yeah, I, um, I've i never shopped the U.S. Nordstrom store, but people I've spoken to who have have suggested that they, they brought a cut-down version of Nordstrom to Canada. So people who had been across the border and, and seen all these uh, great brands uh, being presented, when they came to you know, visit Yorkdale or the Eaton Centre, for instance, they said, there's something missing here. Hmm. Coming to the Canadian stores, I wouldn't have the full range of brands that are available south of the border. And I think for people who shop Nordstrom across the border regularly, they would have seen that fairly quickly and said, Hmm, interesting. This is not the Nordstrom I, I, I would have expected to have been delivered here. We've talked about Nordstrom and Target. Are there other U.S. retailers that have come to Canada and and either succeeded or failed? I, I'm trying to get a sense of what the other competitors in this market look like. There have been some great stories of uh, businesses uh, coming to Canada making a good impact on, on the Canadian psyche, getting into their consideration set uh, and drawing loyalty. For instance, uh, Walmart. Right. They have been embedded deeply into the Canadian psyche. We go to Walmart to you know get good quality stuff, pretty well priced. Uh, Home Depot, always there. When you've got a breakdown in your home, they're there. It's on the shelf, reasonable price, 
okay service. I could say it may need to improve in a certain number of areas, but generally speaking, it's there, it's available, it's convenient. McKesson, through its, you know, I mean, it's acquired businesses in 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 Canada, like Rexall and I think Pharmasave, at Lowe's to an extent until very recently, and Costco, right. you know, one of our top retailers. You know, people in in surveys when they think about. Who are our best retailers? If they shop there, they'd probably likely say Costco. So they're American chains that have come, you know, predominantly ones that have come to Canada and had a success story. Alongside those are an equal number of American brands that have slipped, like Sears, Sears Canada. We've obviously had Target come in, very short stay here, and then effectively uh, packed up their bags and, uh, and went back south of the border. We had Bath Bed and Beyond, which is a, a sort of very recent thing where bad management south of the border has influenced the way that the Canadian business has been looked at uh, and is now about to be jettisoned as part of their uh, collapse. Uh, Lowe's, as I say uh, earlier, great brand. I really like Lowe's. They've always had a good experience at Lowe's. But the dynamics of Canada and the acquisition of Rona probably overpriced, have made the overall cost base of a Lowe's business something the American uh, head office decided that, you know what, if we can find somebody to, to take it off our hands, we can focus our efforts into the U.S. Uh, the US domestic business. When you look at all of that, what do the brands that fail here tend to have in common, if anything? Yeah, I, I, th- I think generally it, it would be the idea that something which can work south of a border can be exported here as a sort of, how I want to say, a corporate model. Like we're just going to buy stores and just put our proposition into those. Let's not bother with homework. It works south of the border. It's going to work here. So don't worry. And then they start to bump into, companies tend to bump into some of our nuances like uh, having uh, bilingual packaging. We tend to use metric rather than imperial. Mm-hmm. Our geography doesn't play well versus uh, the US. The US is quite dense. Although there's lots of places where there's lots of white space, nowhere near as much white space as we have in Canada. So the transportation costs, the, and uh, there's a peculiarity that every product that comes into Canada commercially has to be attached to a business number. So somebody has to effectively buy it in Canada as opposed to send it to Canada for, for resale. Mm. And then we have on top of that, although we're very diverse as a country in terms of different nationalities and stuff, there are clusters of nationalities in different parts. And so you can't actually look at Canada and say, oh, it's all diverse, it's all the same because of that, and therefore this will work in all markets. Right. Uh, and uh, I think you know, anybody looking at the Nordstrom debacle will see people saying things like, Toronto is not the same as Vancouver, is not the same as Halifax, is not the same as Calgary. And retailers who come from outside into Canada really need to do a lot of homework and be clear. And secondly, find some way of working with people inside Canada to perhaps trial a concept rather than just go for a full ball. We're going to open up 10, 15 stores to start with populate it with our with our proposition and just get on with it and see what happens. I think that's quite brash as a as a strategy.
How much of Nordstrom's collapse here, and maybe Target's too, uh, was less to do with the difference between America and Canada and more just to do that large retailers are all struggling up here, like especially stuff like The Bay. Uh, obviously, Zeller's is gone now and we're back as a tiny gimmick. Uh, you mentioned Sears. How much of it is that store is not what people need anymore? Well, I, I'm not convinced of that because there was a lot of argument as we went into the pandemic. The, the broad number of e-commerce as a percentage of total sales was in the order of about 3%. It was bobbling around that level for, for many years. We went into a pandemic and that dynamic, the way that it was calculated, sort of started to rise to 15% because, as you, as, as you may remember, many stores uh, became non-essential and they were closed. And the only way they could continue to have a revenue stream was to, to trade on e-commerce, on, on, on their websites and their apps. But as we emerged out of restrictions, certainly here in Ontario, people just rushed back to the stores. That led to a comp almost a complete collapse of the e-commerce, well, certainly that bubble, and it went back to its natural rate of progression. So mm. we're, we're talking about say five percent now. You know, three years it's grown by you know it's grown by two percentage points. Even although people found websites, people added apps to their phones. It hasn't actually really fundamentally shifted people's behavior. Interesting. I think what we find are bigger factors right now are the cost of living crisis, uh, interest rates, and you know uncertainty about what the economic future of us might be, and and if we if, if we're close to retirement age, you know what will our pension look like, and what's our health conditions as well. You know, so many things are now influencing consumers. To, uh, which will have an influence on their behaviours and how they shop and how frequently they shop and how much they buy when they do shop. The, the, the organisations which are predominantly in the discretionary categories like apparel, retail, electronics and stuff like that, they will see some change a lot quicker than, say, grocery. So what happens to Nordstrom now in Canada? And I know they, you know, discount all their merchandise and clear out the stores. To your point, those are big, flashy retail locations, uh, three of them in Toronto, others in large Canadian cities. They leave a hole. Yes. Uh, and there's no obvious, if I think about my local mail, which is the uh, Oshawa Centre OC, we had Sears in there at one end, we had H, we still got HBC at the other end. Um, the HBC needs a, a real renovation to, to become relevant again to, to consumers. The Sears end is still closed. I mean, it closed in 2017 from memory. Hmm. These particular stores, the um, Nordstrom ones, are over 200,000 square feet. So we've got one in the Eaton Centre. Uh, we've got one in uh, Yorkdale uh, and one in Shearway Gardens. These are massive plots of land, plots of um, physical space in areas where we already have other anchor stores so there'll be probably hbcs or you know other bigger box stores mm -hmm. i've seen quite a lot of press cuttings around bed bath and beyond saying that don't worry they can escape the country all 55 stores or whatever and we're going to fill them up no problem it could be that many of those are freestanding stores now perhaps in some ways a more attractive proposition to some retail uh, chains. But when you're in a mall, you know, the good thing about a mall, people go to the mall and they shop across different uh, across different stores without having to move their car again. Right. So you've got in those 
three critical uh, malls within the Toronto area, we'll end up with a big space. It sounds to me that the only way that a landlord can fill those would be to do some civil works on that space and create an environment that they can have five, six, ten retailers uh, using that space. Do you think, given what we've seen from Target, from Nordstrom and and the retail climate in general right now, uh, that we will see more American chains attempt to come to Canada? And I mean retail chains here, not restaurants. Come to Canada? I think in the short term, probably not. There might be the occasional so-and-so opens a store, and that's a regular feature of the Canadian market. People like to come to Canada with one store. It's a great test market because of the diversity of different ethnic backgrounds, etc., and different ways of thinking. If you can survive in Canada, you're likely to be able to survive south of the border when when you attempt to scale that proposition up. So we will see lots of small things but that small thing won't be a big trend in terms of like this this store's come to canada i i think we've got to look at it and think uh, suspiciously look at it and think this is just a test store they may put two or three stores and it might be one in toronto one in vancouver one one maybe in montreal and that might be the end of that test program mm. but you might see if it's a non-american uh, chain going into the us and expanding at, at quite a right rate of knots will we see more U.S. retailers actually coming out of Canada, and that's entirely possible because it's easy to cut off Canada because it doesn't affect the U.S. market. If um, a U.S. uh, retailer came out of a particular area in in the U.S., that would be probably front-page news for quite a few days, and their their brand might actually receive some reputational damage. But when they say, oh, we're closing Canada, someone thinks, oh, that's just closing the state, isn't it? Mm. That's small beer. It's, as I call it, back page gossip. It will be fascinating to see uh, what happens and who's next. Gary, thank you so much for this. You're very welcome. Gary Newbury of Retail Aid. That was The Big Story. For more, you can head to thebigstorypodcast.ca. You can always talk to us on Twitter at thebigstoryfpn or via email hello at thebigstorypodcast.ca. If you'd like an ad-free version of this podcast, you can find one at The Big Story Plus on Apple Podcasts. And if you want to hear this podcast on a smart speaker, just ask it to play The Big Story Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. We'll talk tomorrow.